praise. Can you say amen this morning? All right. God is so amazingly good that uh, we should praise him. Trust all of you had a great holiday celebration that everybody's alive and well and maybe just a little bit fuller than you were before this weekend. Uh, It's always a good thing to do to give the Lord thanks. So glad you guys are here. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. So thankful for the songs that we sang this morning and how wonderful they tie into uh, the message this morning. So God has a way of orchestrating and organizing uh, our times of worship. And so he puts things together that bring out similar truths. And so, so thankful for that this morning. And so as we begin our Christmas celebration season... Uh, it's always good to think about the opportunities that we have as Christmas at Christmas. I think Christmas opens more opportunities than any, maybe any other season in in uh, our year. Uh, certainly Easter is a great season that opens the door to thinking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know, when you think about Easter, it's kind of shortened period, isn't it? It's just a, like a week long that we kind of tend to celebrate. But Christmas is something we do for from Thanksgiving until Christmas. And so we have great opportunities during those days, weeks, to be able to make Jesus Christ known. It almost seems as if uh, the world also is open to hearing about hope and joy and peace that Scripture talks about, focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. So God not only gives us an extended amount of period of time, but He also opens up, I really believe, the world's heart to be able to receive the gospel message of Jesus Christ, maybe like no other time of the year. And so for you and I as believers, it's important then, if that's the case, that we really maximize or take advantage of the opportunity that we have to reach out to people during this special celebration, this special time. And so I want to share with you a message this morning because when we do that as believers, we're serving God. We become His servants in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to share with you a message entitled this morning, A Servant's Plan for Christmas, that God gives us uh, not only a description an opportunity, but really encouragement to serve him through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and especially at Christmas time. One of the greatest examples of servanthood or being a servant uh, that's really expressed in Scripture certainly is Mary, Jesus' mother. She's a great representative of what it means to be a servant of God, a young girl who was just beginning her life, really. Uh, all of a sudden was given some fantastic news. Uh, all, all of us may not have think that might be so fantastic for a young girl, a teenager probably, but yet she saw it as a wonderful opportunity to be a servant of the Lord. And so as we begin to look at her reaction to the news that the angel gives her about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we, I, we see in her the great character of servanthood or the qualities of servanthood that really ought to stand out to you and I today as well. Listen to what the scripture says. You know, Mary was chosen at a, for a specific reason. Uh, God had a plan. And God was working out his plan. And he chose Mary for a very specific purpose. 
but not only that, he chose her at a very specific time. You know, the scripture is very plain on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that that was in God's perfect timing. Paul mentioned that very thing uh, in, in the book of Galatians, how that the timing for Jesus' coming was exactly perfect. Uh, Uh, perfect uh, for God's plan. And so he chose her for us at a specific time as well. I want to suggest to you this morning, I don't want to suggest, I I, I want to appeal to you this morning that God is still working. He didn't stop at the birth of Jesus. As a matter of fact, he really just kind of accelerated what he wanted to do on earth. He's not finished yet. And he's still choosing people to serve him. He's choosing specific people to serve him in this particular time. Hadn't stopped. He's consistent in what he's doing. And so today, as as his children, he chooses us, you and I. We're a part of the body of Christ body of Christ serves him, so he's choosing you today to serve him in this particular time. Listen to what the scripture says about Mary and about her service to the Lord. I want to begin in Luke chapter 1 at verse 26. And here's what the Bible says. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, uh, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son. And in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who who was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. And then Mary said... Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Bow with me if you would. Let's pray this morning. Father, we ask you this morning to grant us great insight into your word this morning. Father, help our heart to feel the challenge of serving you for your glory and for your kingdom. Father, thank you for this great season of celebration uh, that we truly are in a time where hearts are open and minds are thinking about, about Jesus. 
Father, we pray for not only our world, but certainly our nation today. We go through this time of struggle and of pandemic and this, Father, it seems like a great cloud that hangs over our, our world and our nation today. Father, we pray that during this season that you'll break forth with your Son, Jesus Christ. That he might truly be cherished in our hearts during this season and celebration. That he might be the, the first thought that we have when we think about this great time. And it might truly be him that we serve. And that we speak to others about how, how great you are. And Father, I pray that you'll open this word to our minds and our thoughts this morning. Father, for I ask it in his precious name. Amen. You know, as you look at Mary's life, certainly a young lady who was uh, born in obscurity, uh, really uh, not anyone who was, seems to be imposing in her nature, but God in his sovereignty reached down and chose her for a very special purpose. And so I'm thinking that God is still doing that today. And so I want us to see some things about being a servant. First of all, if you notice in Mary's life that the angel had some description about her because Mary, she was living, being available in her life to God. One of the key fundamental things to you and I serving to God, serving God is you and I being available to him. In other words, that we're ready not only in, in our heart, but we're ready in our mind and really we're wanting those opportunities to serve him. So there's that sense of availability that she had. There's some characteristics about her and the idea of her being available that really lend to the very, uh, for you and I to be available as well. One of those things is in her living available for God and for his use is the idea of faithfulness. If you look at verse 27, she was faithful. If we're going to be available to God, then one of the things that we have to be is faithful to him. In other words, we have to be serving him for him to uh, decide, I believe, and, and I think Scripture bears it out. If we're not faithfully serving God in some things, then I don't believe he's going to come along and then begin to use us in greater things. In other words, if we want to grow in our service for God, then we've got to be participating faithfully in serving him now. Uh, Verse 27 says this, says to to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. I want to kind of stop there because really that speaks to her faithfulness. Uh, She was faithful to her marriage arrangement, wasn't she? Uh, we don't know how that came about. If Joseph's parents talked to Mary's parents and when they were children, they chose probably how it happened. Uh, they chose uh, themselves. Uh, the parents chose for them their mates or uh, their spouse to be. And so Mary was living in that arrangement. Why? How, how is that serving God? Well, it's honoring her mother and her father if they made that arrangement. It's honoring her commitment that she was had made to Joseph. She was living faithfully for God. Her character was uh, one of a young lady who was uh, consistent with being obedient to God. So she was faithful to him. Uh, in, in those particular sense, in that particular sense, faithfulness is essential to availability. If God trusts you with ordinary things, then He'll trust you with extraordinary things, right? 
I remember a parable that Jesus shared found in Luke later on in his gospel in chapter 19. But in Luke 19, Jesus had entrusted these servants uh, with, well, the master had entrusted these servants with certain things. And they were, and two of them were very faithful in their service. And they returned a profit for the master. And yet one of them, he, he wasn't faithful. As a matter of fact, he hoarded his, his, his opportunity. And, and because he hoarded his opportunity, he had a different outcome when the master returned. And when the master returned to those that were faithful, here's what he said to them. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you were faithful in very little, have authority over ten cities. What Jesus was saying to this servant, that, that our faithfulness here in this life over really are not really that great, important, monumental things in a sense, right? He will give us authority in the kingdom to come. It's a message, isn't it? When we watch over and care for our life and our service to Him faithfully here here and now, then He'll give us the reward or the blessing of of, of great opportunity in the future. See, we have to take care of the little things first, right? Before God trusts us with the big things. She was faithful. And because of that faithfulness, it made her available. Let me give you another thing. Not only was she faithful, but, but I really believe she was focused. We have to be focused uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ to be faithful to Him. If we're not, hey, listen, if we're not thinking about Jesus, we're not going to serve Him, right? If, if you wake up Monday morning, you, you don't have a single thought about Jesus all day Monday. Are you gonna be, how are you going to serve Him? How, if He's not a priority in our lives, how are we going to serve Him? Well, the answer is we're not. So she was focused on Him. Look at verse 28. The Bible says uh, in verse 28, and, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, uh, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And in verse 29, but, but when she saw him, all of a sudden she's focused. <laughs> I mean, here's the appearance of the angel Gabriel. He gives her this greeting, highly favored one. That's a pretty big shout out, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you know, but really, if we're honest, can't we say that about ourselves? I mean, when you think about our lives, our redemption, God's salvation, God's blessings in our life, we have to confess we're highly favored ones. Mary heard that message and she, she, she focused on what the angel was saying. You see, the thing about that is, is Mary focused on the message, but she also focused on the messenger. Not only the, the message that he brought, but the messenger who brought the message. You see, the Word of God is God's message to you and I today. And the message giver of the Word of God is the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. So, so in a sense, Mary was focused on what God was saying to her. And, and then in reflection, the messenger that came... You know, it was an expression of God, His care for her. So all of a sudden, she gets focused on the right things. Listen, how important is that for you and I today? 
if we're going to serve God, if we're not focused on His Word and on Him Himself, then we're not going to serve Him. Let's be honest. You might say, hey, Brother Mike, I know what you're talking about. Uh, So let's focus on Him. Let's make this season about celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we make it about Him, then what's going to happen is we're going to be serving Him. Or we'll find ourselves responding to what the focus of our life is on. Well, let me give you another thing. Because when we're focused, we're available. In other words, if I'm anticipating Him, if I'm focused on Him... When opportunities come up, I'm going to serve him. Let me give you a third thing. She was flexible. You know, Mary was, she was just, you know, doing what she was doing. And all of a sudden, this messenger shows up and shares with her this life-changing message. I mean, I'm talking about life-changing. I I don't know exactly what Mary was into. Maybe she was, you know, like brides do, planning her wedding. Maybe she was getting all of her, uh, you know, I don't know how exactly. I know a little bit about how they celebrated marriages, uh, but maybe not in particular. Maybe she was getting her bouquet ready. I don't know about that. Or her, her, her <laughs> I don't know, her centerpieces for her table. I don't know what Mary was doing. But maybe she was planning out her wedding day and looking forward to that day. And all of a sudden, I mean, those plans just explode. I've seen that happen with marriages before. And regrettably, I want to tell you, it's a pretty ugly thing. Sometimes when plans change and anticipations kind of explode. Uh, and, And certainly it could have happened with Mary. But let me tell you, she was open to what was happening to her. (laughs) The scripture says in verse 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. I want you to focus on that word consider because the, the idea here means to reason, to think about carefully. What Mary was doing, she was thinking about what he was saying. She, she was open to what God wanted to do in her life. She listened to that very thing. She, she heard what God was saying and what Gabriel was sharing with her. She was willing to be redirected in her life. Now, let me ask you a question. What's your first reaction when God tries to change the direction of your life? I, I mean... Can you think back on a time when God radically changed the direction of your life? Maybe it was in your vocation. Maybe it was in family. Maybe it was in your personal life. But God stepped in and he showed you things that radically changed the direction of your life. Now, what was your first reaction, honestly? Uh, Sometimes our first reaction is apathy, isn't it? I hear you, God, but I'm not interested. (laughs) We don't say it to him like that. But it's really the way we respond sometimes, isn't it? We're apathetic. I don't care. I've got this plan. And I've got what, what I've been thinking about doing. 
And so all of a sudden, we're so apathetic about it. I just don't care. Uh, Sometimes it's not apathy, but maybe it's a little bit of shock, isn't it? Maybe we're afraid. What? What are you saying, God? You, You really can't. No, you can't mean this, can you? I I can't do that. I can't risk that. I can't uproot my life that way. I can't change like that. So all of a sudden, we get a little bit fearful, right? You know, there's two words for fear in the Bible. One is absolute fright and terror. And the other one's reverence for God. Now, if our fright and terror turns into reverence for God, then good. But we have to be careful. Make sure that reaction doesn't stay fearful. You know, sometimes, let's be honest, it's anger. I mean, we get angry at God. Why did you do this? Why did this happen? Why did I lose that? Why did I lose them? Why am I going through this? And sometimes we get angry. Hey, listen, let's face it. Mary could have said to Gabriel, are you kidding me? You're ruining my life. I'm going to be an embarrassment to my family, to my community. Joseph is going to hate me. Why me? But Mary saw it as a blessing. Follow God's will for her life. Because she was flexible. How she heard the message. Her flexibility made her available. For God to use. So let me just say to you. During this holiday celebration. Keep an open mind to what God might want to do with you. He may call you to do brave and courageous things that you never thought possible. He may call you to do such sacrificial acts that you never thought were possible. But just keep an open mind and be flexible. Well, another thing about Mary's availability also was that she certainly was fearful. The Bible says that hey, uh, when, when, when she heard the message, uh, it says that it, it tr- she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of, of greetings this was. <laughs> you know, can you think, think about that just for a minute? Well, I, this is, I mean, Mary heard this message. It's a greeting from Gabriel. And I'm thinking, what kind of hello is that? <laughs> you know, uh, and so she was fearful. But the thing is, just like I said, that fearfulness changed in to fearfulness of God. Respect. Consideration, reverence, an awe of God and of God's plan for her life. Mary was in awe of God's plan to send his son into the world. Are you amazed sometimes with God's plan for you? I hope so. Because if we are, we'll be fearful of God in the sense of reverence. So all these things cause us to be available. Let me give you a second thing real quickly, and I'm going to move through these quick. Uh, Not only was she living, being available, but also she was living in awareness. 
that, that awareness again, that focus again on God. Look, look at verses 30 and following. In, in this awareness, she was aware of several things that are important. Because these things that I want to share with you, the importance of them, are the sense that they'll cause us to really be bent towards serving God. One of those things is she was aware of was God's grace. Uh, Mary understood the grace of God. If you look at verse 30, uh, in the middle of verse 30, it says, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, that word favor is exactly the word in other places in the Bible that's translated grace. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved. For by favor you have been saved. Same word, same Greek word. And so what Gabriel was saying to Mary, he was saying to her, Mary, you you found grace with God. In other words, God is reacting or he's responding or he's reaching out to you with, with grace. And we all experience that. Mary knew that from that moment it was the grace of God that made her special. Right? It's the same grace that makes you and I special. Same grace. Uh, Mary wasn't special. You know, some people teach that Mary was special because she had some kind of special birth. Mary did not have any kind of special birth. She, she wasn't conceived immaculately. No. She wasn't any different than you and I, but God chose her for a reason to express His grace to the world through her, just like every day he wants to express his grace through you to the world that you and I live in. We're no different. It's the same God, the same grace. She was certainly blessed by being one of the ones that God used in Christ and his coming to this earth. But our greatest blessing about this baby wasn't that she would conceive and give birth to Jesus, but it was that this baby would be her Savior, that he would save her from her sins. Just like he saves you and I from our sins. So she was aware of God's grace. I'm sure that if the story gave more detail, Mary would probably say, I don't deserve this. I'm not worthy of this. Just like you and I feel that same way about the grace of God in our lives. Not only was she aware of the grace of God, but again, God's goodness. There it is again. God's goodness. Look at verse 31. The Bible says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. The whole plan revealed, this, this whole thing revealed to Mary that, that God is good. Uh, it revealed God's goodness. She said, you'll, get, you'll give birth to, to a child and, and name him Jesus. Now, what's so incredibly important about his name? Well, the name Jesus, you know what it means. The name means Savior. And when you think about Savior, you know, the idea of a Savior conveys so many different things about the goodness of God. You, you know, the word Savior, the idea of Savior is, ha, has in it Redeemer. 
We talk about Jesus the Redeemer. What did He redeem us from? Every one of us was caught up in the web of sin and disobedience to God. Every person is is caught up in their own lusts and desires. You know, God warned Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis that that sin would desire to control their lives. How many of you can say, Amen? (laughs) Hadn't stopped, has it? Our lusts, our desires, they seek to control us, to overcome us, to, to, to you know, determine what we do. But you see, Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to buy us back from that sin. Because of our sin, it, we incurred a debt to God. And that debt's so great and so large that we don't have anything to pay that debt. We don't have the money. We don't have the time to do the enough good works. We don't have the inclination to do those good works. And so in the goodness of God, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us. You know, another thing, not only a redeemer, but also a savior is a rescuer. Jesus Christ came to rescue us. A rescuer is someone who snatches somebody out of the jaws of death, isn't it? You ever seen some of those shows on television? Uh, Those guys who scale down a, a mountaintop or... Or come in on a helicopter in the ocean somewhere and they they snatch people out of the jaws of death. It's exactly what Jesus Christ did. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. And he came from heaven to rescue us from our sin. From the penalty of our sins. Power of our sin. Rescue us. You know, also, it has the idea of, of a restorer. Uh, sin robs us. If you look in the Bible and you see the, the devastation of sin, sin's a robber. Why? Because Satan's a robber. The Bible says that he is the thief. And that he came to, to, to steal, kill, and destroy. And so in, in that sense that we've all lost something, that can only be restored in Jesus Christ. You know, we don't have to scratch our head and look at the world and wonder, why are everybody always looking for something? You know, when I was growing up, it used to be, you know, we had to find ourselves. <laughs> well, we, we were lost, all right. We were missing something. But that's true today as well. And it was because something was taken from us. That presence of God in us. And Jesus came to restore that. To live in us. To give us what we'd lost. What sin had robbed from us. And all those things are about God's goodness. She also reflects on God's greatness. Uh, Look at verse 32 and 33. Uh, She describes a great person. (laughs) The the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 32 says, He will be great. (laughs) There's no no question about that. uh, Because He is great. He, He has a great position. Son of the Most High. No other description of anyone other than Jesus Christ. Son of the Most High. So he's, he has this position. He's God the Son. He's who we worship. 
And so he has his elevated position. He's given a name, Scripture says, is above every name, Paul writes, and that the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue confess to the glory of God that he is Lord. So he has this, this great, great, great position. He has great power. He's given the throne of his father, David. He's got great perseverance. The Bible says he'll reign forever and ever. There'll be no end to his kingdom. How about that? You know, I love that thought about God's perseverance. Because you know what it reminds me of? Is that God will go as far as he needs to, to find me. He'll go as far as he needs to rescue me. Because of his perseverance. There's no end. His love for us, Jeremiah describes God's love as an everlasting love. No end, no qualification. He just loves you. So there's great perseverance. So Mary was living in awareness. And she was living with the idea of being available to him. But also she was living in the assurance of God. You see, it's really hard to serve God unless we're really confident about him, about us. Have you ever tried to do anything new and you were just a beginner and you didn't have a lot of confidence and you really didn't feel comfortable and probably because of not having confidence and not feeling comfortable, you really probably didn't do a good job to begin with. But the more you did it, the better you got. You see, the idea of assurance is important to us. You see, Mary received his plan. She heard what Gabriel had to say. In verse 34, says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? She asked, How can this be? I've not known a man. And Gabriel explains how it's going to be. It says, The Holy Spirit's going to conceive in you. That's how the plan's going to work. And she goes on to say, uh, uh, And the high shall overshadow you. The Holy One who is born in you will be called the Son of God. And then, you know what Gabriel did? He said, Mary, here's how the plan's going to go. But you probably need some proof. You need some assurance. So here's what else has happened. Do you know your cousin Elizabeth, who's like 80? About six months ago, she conceived a child. That's a miracle. And just as a way to encourage you, I just want you to know that with God, nothing is impossible. The angel tells Mary, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So she gets the plan. She receives the plan. And that plan assures her that God's in control and God's working. She, she, she realizes her, her own personhood, who she is. Um, and, and we need to do the same thing. Verse 38 says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. She understood, Hey, I belong to God. I'm a servant of the, God, uh, of the Lord God. So as believers, we ought to understand that also. My identity isn't Jackie's husband, although that's something I am. My identity isn't the pastor of this church, although that's what I do. 
My identity isn't even associated with my name other than my name that's written in the book of life. But who I am is because of Jesus Christ. And that's what Mary understood. That's why she could serve him. She had that assurance. And then also she she went on to relent to his purpose. She says, let it be to me according to your word. (laughs) Mary said, hey, Gabriel, that's what I want. What you said is what I want. (laughs) Wow, wouldn't that be great if we embrace the word of God that same way? What you said is what I want. That's really what we have to do, relent to God's purposes. And then finally, if we do all that, we can rest in His power. We, we, we can rest in what God's doing. And, and the Bible says, and the angel parted from her. She, she, she experienced that power of God in the very presence of His messenger. And we can do that as well today. You see, we're coming in a season when we have... The absolute optimal circumstances, the very best of the times, to be able to be a servant of God and be effective at it. The question is, is will we do it? Will we serve Him? Bow with me and let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today for your certain and sure power in our lives today. Thank you, Lord, for showing us this great, wonderful example of what it is to be a servant of God. Lord, every one of us that have called on the name of Jesus Christ, accepted your gift of salvation, been born again into the family of God, are born into the life of serving you. Lord, help us to remember and take advantage of this very special time where we can begin this seasonal celebration thinking about you, how can I, through these times, reach out and serve you and show this world that more than anything else, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you today. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. Morning.